Rabakama Daf Kuf Ches. We're starting from the very bottom, a uh, few lines up from the bottom. By Ami Bar So to know to understand this, we need to go back to some of the Yisaidis uh, that we learned in Merubah. So touched upon them here as well. That when you have a Shomachinam who is towing Tanis Ganov, so the halacha is if he's busted for lying through Adim, so he pays Kefal. Towing Tanis Ganov, he pays Kefal. But what if the the Shomer himself admits that he swore falsely? So there's a different halacha. So he's not high in the Kefal. It rather, he's Chayev, Karen, Chomesh, Va'asha. And uh, specifically, it seems that this was, you know, based upon Sokim, we learned this back on Daf uh, Samachay, that the fifth is only added when you're only paying the principal. But when you're paying the Kefal, then there's no fifth, meaning these two payments are mutually ex- exclusive. If there's found through Adim, that's where you pay the Kefal. But if you admit yourself, you pay Karen, Chomesh, Va'asha. There's no Chomesh together with the Kefal. We learned that from the Lashen, of the pasuk um, uh, chamishi, that, that, that the chamishis is added to the principal, not to a kefal. So by Ramar Chama, how do we understand that? Is it the pshat that the money that you're liable for the kefal, that's what exempts you for, for the chomesh on the same money? In other words, basically, you can't be chayav in the same tashlum in kefal and chomesh. That the oath, the swearing falsely, the oath that makes you liable for a kefal, that it can't be mechayav you the other, the other onesh of paying the fifth. Is it a din in the tashlumen or is it din in the false shvuah? So what in the world is the difference? Let's say from the Shomar Chinah first, we saw Tanis Ganav and he swore that it was stolen. Then he later, he swears that it was lost and he swears to that. So in other words, it sounds like he's retracting and swearing and said that it had been lost and said it stolen. And then, top of the so witnesses come and testify about the first oath that it was false. Or was they testify at the time he swore that it was stolen, it was actually in his possession. So that makes him liable for liable for kefal. Now, behold the Basra, and then he admits regarding the second oath that it was false. So that should make him chayav, per, perhaps, uh, an, an extra fifth. So my, what is the halacha? Is he chayev to the extra fifth for what he swore on the second oath in addition to the kefal for the first oath or not? Do we say, Do we say that the money that makes him liable for the kefal is what makes him potter from the chomesh on that same money? And therefore, this is only one pikadun over here, right? Even though it was two separate jewels, it was all one monetary claim. Where's my, where's my money? So it's the same money that's going to make him be chayv kefal. Also, going to be making me chayv to pay an extra fifth. We don't say that. So since he's chayv kefal, he's not going to be chayv the fifth as well. Even though there are two separate shuvos. So or maybe we say shuvah machato kefal poter That it's the fact that it's the oath. The oath is wearing falsely about the kefal. That can't be also mechayv you in onesh. In our case, shuvah basraisa. But here, since there were two separate shuvos, how shuvah basraisa regarding the the second shuvah that he made here. Oh, the local mechayv lekefal. That's not making you chayv kefal. The kefal is for the first shuvah. Therefore, the second shuvah to chayv uchomesh could be make you liable for the fifth extra, even though it's on the same money. So if it would be on the same money, that's the point, that it's the same money, the same original monetary claim, can't be mechaiv, you two things. So then even if there were two separate shvuas, ended up being, you still wouldn't have to be both. You only pay for the first one. But if it's the din in the shvua, if it's a din in the shvua that, 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 that it's wearing falsely about one thing, can't be mechaiv, you two things. So even if it's the same money, but if there were two separate shvuas that were made, so then you would be liable for the two separate punishments. So the Gemara says, "Amar Rava Tashma." I looked one from the price. So Amar Achman Ashok. Someone says to someone in the market, "Hey, Chon Shorshik and Avta, where's my ox that you stole?" No, we're not talking about a shomer here. We're talking about Stam. Someone uh, confronts someone in the market. And he says, "Hey, you stole my 
my ox. And he says, when we're looking at, he said, I didn't steal my shviach. And he says, I adjure you to see that you're saying the truth. And he said, Amen. And afterwards, witnesses say that he did steal it. He pays kefal. Here it's got nothing to do with Tony Tan's Ghanav, nothing to do with the Shavuot. He is a regular Ghanav here. He's not a Shomer at all. But if witnesses did not come and he admit himself that he swore false, now in our case, what's the reason he would pay kefal before he admits? It's nothing to do with the Shavuot. It's just the Edim who say that he stole even if he hadn't sworn falsely. Nonetheless, what does the price to say? Hold him at in. If he admits on his own without witnesses coming, that's where he's liable to pay the fifth. Hold the Acher Edim low. It sounds like that if he admit that he swore falsely after witnesses testify that he stole, he wouldn't be chayv to add the fifth. If it's an akuda that the swearing falsely, if it brought you to kefal, then each the swearing falsely can also bring you to a fifth. So an ark, but 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 for the same money, could you bring both? It's just they can't be from the same. For the same shvuah, so my old achar edim lo. In our case, if you admit after witnesses testify, you should pay the fifth because lichti litzi ha shvuah lo kumachayv lekefel. It wasn't the shvuah was making chayv lekefel; it was it was stam. It was the fact that he stole. So therefore, let the shvuah me machayv yu the chomish. Chayv yu chomish. Let the shvuah itself be chayv yu the chomish. Alaf from here, what you see from here is mom and chayv kefel b'shem and chomish. It's the fact that the same money, the original whatever money that he was claiming was stolen or deposited. In our case, stolen. The same money as Machayev Yukeifel cannot be Machayev Yukeifel as well, Shmami Na. So it's not the fact that the, the swearing falsely, that the one Shvua can't be Machayev the two punishments of Kefal and the Chomesh, but rather the same money can't be Machayev both. So uh, the Wikimar has absolutely concluded it. And therefore, going back to our case where he swore, like we started with, where he swore falsely about two things, about it being stolen and being lost, he still wouldn't be Chayev to people. All right, so now it's clear, Kefal and, and the Chomesh don't go together for the same money. So now, buy Ravina, Chomesh, Ukfeilah, Betri, Gavrimai. What if, could I have a Chomesh and a Kefal for, for the same amount of money, for the same money, but by two different people? What's the halacha? Could one get one and one get the other? Echid dummy, what would be the case? He gave over his axe to two people to guard. And they both claimed that it was stolen, and really they, they, they had stolen it themselves. One of them swore falsely and then admitted his guilt. One swore falsely and then witnesses came and said that he had it. So the first guy should be Chayv the Chomish, the second should be Chayv the Kefal. So my, what's the law? Do we say that this didn't declare Sakasa, that you don't fill Chomish together with Kefal? That's only on the same person. I will trade Gavri here with two people that were watching it. No problem. One pays the Kefal, one pays the Chomish. Although, and one sum of money that was deposited, you shouldn't come to a Chiyav, shouldn't bring out, that money can't bring out a double Chiyav of Kefal and Chomesh. Even though there are two different people, ultimately it's one sum of money that would incur both punishments, and the Torah said that doesn't happen. So the Mar says, Teku, we do not resolve that. Now the Gemara has another question, again, all on the basic idea that a Tony Tanis Ganav doesn't pay for both Kefal and for Chomesh. He pays only one or the other. If he admits himself, he pays Karim Chomesh, but if the Adam come, then he pays Kefal, but they don't mix and match. What about paying Chomesh twice for the same money? Which Rake failure or two Kefals for the same money? By the same person, what's the law? He swore that it was, he claimed that it was lost, and he swore to that. And then he admits, so that should be Machai of him a fifth. And then he later again claims that it was lost, and he swears again, and then he admits his guilt yet again. And he admits yet again, Inami, or another case. First he claims that it was stolen and he swears to that and then witnesses say he stolen himself. Then it happens again. He claims that it was stolen uh, really as it himself. So the question is, in the second case, you should have two careful penalties for all these for all these false claims that are contradicted by Adam. So my what's the halacha? 
if it's all from one money, but uh, could he theoretically be high multiple times? Do we say the Torah is saying two different types of things? The fifth and kefal can happen from one sum of money. It's the same type of money that you just be would pay twice. The Torah is saying two monetary payments cannot be made for one deposit. It is two, it is two monetary assessments, and therefore perhaps you shouldn't pay since it was only one lump sum of money. So the Gemara says, Tashmatam Rava Chamishi Sav Yosef Alav. The Torah says about the Chomesh, it's fifths. Veloshin in the Loshin Rabbim. Atorah Ribsa Chamishis Rabbi Karnachas. The Torah is indicating that you could have many fifths with regard to one principle. Every time you swear falsely, denying it, you're, you could be liable to another fifth. You admit that you swear falsely, Shvamina, that there's only exclusion to a fifth and Kefal, two different types of payments. But the same type of payment twice, that in fact um, could happen. All right, now in order to go weiter, we need to understand the Mishnah in the beginning of Parakamafkin, in the third Parakam Bab Metziah. <coughs> so, what happens? So, Ashom Archinam again, he's Pater if something got stolen. So, let's say the deposit was stolen, and then the Shomer took a Shvua that it was stolen to Pater himself, and then we talk of find the thief. So, what's Allah? Who does he pay Kefal to? He pays Kefal to the owner. Very good. But what if the Shomer says, actually, you know what? I'm not interested in swearing. Let me just pay. Let me just pay. Now, once that happens, that he pays the owner, instead of swearing that he was father, he pays the owner, the halacha is a very interesting halacha. The owner is makna to him the rights to the kefil payment that would come. So if the thief is found, he pays kefil to the shomer. Once the shomer pays for it, then the, 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 the owner of the animal is makna the kefil payment to him. So if the shomer, the, the shomer now is the one to receive the kefil if the ganav is found. So what happens as the gemara a bit more of a complex case? First, the owner sues the shomer. He says, hey, return my deposit. He swears that it had been stolen. And then after he swore and exempted himself, then he decides, you know what, let me just pay for it anyway. Interesting guy. First he swore it was, it was, that he was stolen and he potted himself. And then he comes back and says, let me just pay anyway. And after he paid, now the thief is found. Kefal me. Who does the kefal go to? Do, is it, do, do we say that once he, pour, once he paid, then the shomer gets the kefal? Or do we say, Lamaisa, here he, he swore first, so therefore it goes to the original owner. So goes to the owner of the deposit. It goes to the shomer. The Gemara explains the reasons. Rabbi Yom al-Babi says the penalty goes to the owner. Because the Shomer troubled the owner with an oath. He made him come to court, so on and so forth. So even though he ended up paying, but he troubled him with the whole dealing of the oath. So the owner does not maknet him the rights to the kefal payment in this scenario. Only maknet him the rights for the kefal when he pays up immediately. Whereas Rafa Ahmed Abisha Khadanatz, it goes to the Shomer, because given the Shim, since he ultimately paid, the owner does give him the rights to the kefal payment. Now the Gemara says, and they're arguing about how exactly to read this Mishnah in the beginning of a Mafkit. It's not, it says in the Mishnah, someone deposits with another person, animal utensils to guard, and then they're stolen or lost. If he paid and didn't want to swear and exempt himself, because we say, he could really swear and discharge himself, but nonetheless, the Shomer chose to pay instead of swearing, then if the thief is found, pays if he slaughtered sold he pays four or five. To the Shomer. If, however, if the Shomer swore and didn't want to pay, and then the Ganav is found, if he slaughtered or sold him, he pays four or five. But who does he pay? He pays it to the owner. So that's what the very clear split in the Mishnah in Hamavkid. If he swore and bothered himself, then the Ganav pays the owner. If he paid and didn't swear, so then the Ganav pays the Shomer. So now, Abai died from Rasha, Rava died from Safe. In our case, what we're dealing with, a Machlokas Abai Rava, where he swore and then paid, they're arguing about how to be Medayak. 
for his position from the beginning of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, He paid and didn't want to swear. That's the case where the where, where the thief pays the kefal to the Shomer. Time of the Shomer is only because he didn't desire to swear. Top of the base on Nishbab, it sounds if he did swear himself. Even though subsequently he did pay, who is the God I'm going to pay? The Babu Gadon. He's going to pay the owner of the deposit. Whereas Rava, Rava learns from the Seifa. The Seifa says, Nishbab where he swore and didn't want to pay. That's where the thief pays kefal to the owner. Time of the Rasulashan. That's where, where does he pay the kefal to the owner? Where the, where, where the Shomer did not desire to pay at all, meaning he didn't pay. Hashilim, but if he did pay, even though he initially swore the Mishalim, who, who now to the, to the God I'm going to pay? The Mishbab Gadon, that's the whole pay, the Shomer. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to explain how Abai and Rava deal with each other. Do you give well, Abai Kasha Seifa? According to Abai, the Seifa is difficult because Rava said it implies that the owner gets the kefal only if the Shomer didn't want to pay at all. Amalacha Abai, so Abai will tell you how this is what the end of the Mishnah is saying. If he, if, if, if he swore and didn't want to pay before he swore. Um, but rather he only paid after he swore the then it goes to the owner so even though he ended up paying he feels that that's what Kuba the Mishnah is saying is that it goes to the owner the Rav Akasha ratio according to Rav the ratio is difficult because Abai was Medayik well it implies that the Shomer gets the Kefal only if he didn't want to swear at all so Rav is what it's saying he paid because he didn't want to keep up his Shua rather he paid that's what he paid to the Shomer okay so in a case where you didn't swear at all you just pay of course everyone agrees that the Kefal goes to the Shomer in a case where you sworn you kept up your swearing you pottered yourself then of course the Kefal goes to the owner in a case where he swore and then he paid that's the case where there's a Machlokas between uh, Abai and Rav Okay, now the Gemara moves on to a bit of another issue, but all again dealing with our case. Uh, the halacha is that moda b'knas v'achim ba'o edim. We learned back on davayin dal is potter. So if you're moda to a knas, and then edim come and testify about your liability, so you're not you're not liable. Moda b'knas is potter even if afterwards edim come. Now the halacha of moda b'knas is true only if you admit to the baldover. You have to admit to a baldover. If you randomly admit it to some uninvolved third party that doesn't have a din of a modi b'knas, modi b'knas only when you admit to a baldover. So the Gemara wants to know what happens about the gan of admitting his guilt uh, in a case where there was a shomer and an owner. So an owner is giving over something to a shomer to watch. Is that shomer the baldover, or is the owner the baldover? And the magnets and afkemina, as we're going to discuss. If the Ganav is going to admit his liability himself. So, let's say, case the owner of a deposit sues the Shomer to get it back. The Shomer swears that it was stolen. So, he exempted himself. Now, the thief was identified. So, the Shomer, even though he was exempt, he still sued the thief to return the stolen item. And he admit now the, the Shomer, I'm sorry, now the Ganav admits that he stole it. But then, when the owner sued the thief, he denied stealing it. So, they brought witnesses who testified that he stole it. So, basically, what happened was the Ganav had confessed to the Shomer that he stole it, but not to the true owner. But remember, at the time that he confessed to the Shomer, the Shomer had already been exempted because he had sworn uh, he had sworn that it had been stolen. So what's the halacha? Mean if the is the thief exempted out Modi Bakanas Potter? He should be bothered from paying the kefal through his confession to the Shomer. Oh, lo niftar shomer. Maybe the thief is not exempted from paying kefal since he confessed to the Shomer. What's the root of the question? The root of the question is, once the Shomer exempted himself with the Shvua, is he still a Shomer? If he's still a Shomer, so then we say, okay, he's still the Baldover. So the Hodah that the Ganav made to him to the Shomer, that's a that's a real modificanas, and therefore it bothers him. Or we say no, well, he doesn't have any interest in the case at this point. He's he's he, he, he's not a baldover, and therefore it's not a modificanas. So we're trying to figure out if after he bothered himself with the shvu, if the Shomer is still a baldover. 
So Rava says it depends. In Be'emes Nishba, if he swore in truth, meaning he swore it was stolen in a way that he couldn't have prevented, and that was actually the truth. And if there are gone about Shomer, then the thief is exempted from paying Kefal since he confessed to the Shomer. Because what's the idea? Once we see, assume he's totally trustworthy, so the owner is going to desire that, where should the animal go back to? Go back to the Shomer. Notice when we find the Ganav, and the Ganav is returning the animal, who's it going to be returned to? The animal is going to be returned to the Shomer or to that owner? So as long as the, the Shomer is still trustworthy, everything was said was true, we assume the owner will want it to go back to the Shomer. Therefore, the Shomer is still a Baldavar, and he really kind of has to go get the deposit back. So therefore, he's a Baldavar. When he goes to the thief and says, hey, give it back, he's, he's really a Baldavar, even though it's not his, but he's the Shomer, and he's still meant to continue being a Shomer. However, in Beshek or Nishba, if he swore falsely, meaning he swore the animal died, whatever it was in a way it prevented it was, it was, it was not true. So then, lo nifter aganabodah shomer. So then we assume that the owner wouldn't want to trust him again. So his, he's been totally terminated. His services of being a shomer are terminated once he swore. So therefore, we don't assume he's a baldavar at that point. The animal's not going to be watched in the future by him. So if he's not a baldavar, so then the, the ganav's admission, the ganav's admission to this shomer is not a hodah to baldavar. Says the Gemara, once we say that, what if he was going to swear false? They didn't allow him to swear. He was ready to take the oath, and then the owner said, You know what? Actually, I absolve you of doing that. Ma, what's the halacha? He claimed something which was ultimately going to be false, but he didn't actually swear falsely. So, do we say that didn't he swear falsely? He remains trusted with the owner, and now the owner is going to want it to continue to be a shomer, and therefore he's a baldavar. Or do we say that no, since he was prepared to swear falsely, he's no longer considered trustworthy to the owner, and therefore he's no longer a shomer, and he's not a baldavar in the matter, and the admission wouldn't be an admission. Take it, we don't resolve that. Now the Gemara says, Rabakana taught the discussion a little bit like this, the way we had above. He teaches different. What if he swore falsely? What is the law? In other words, we don't know what is the halacha before take it. In the first version, we knew what the halacha was. Then clearly, once he was swore the shekhar, he's not going to be a shomer again, and then he's not a baldavar. In the second version, that's good for the suffix, and the Gemara leaves that unresolved. Okay, now what about the Gemara discusses now? What about the inverse? The owner of the deposit says to the Shomer, where's my thing? If the, if the Shomer pays him right away, he doesn't bother himself with, it, with, with an oath. He pays. And therefore, as we learned in the Mishnah in, in Baba, in Baba Metziah, that acquires the rights of the Kefal payment. The Bailam is mocked him in the Kefal where he pays. Now, and now the thief is identified. So, so who, now we learn that what's the halacha now? Who's the Baldavar? Obviously, the Shomer is Baldavar. But is the Bailam a Baldavar? If the owner, um, even though he's already been paid, he goes and he sues the thief to return the theft. And he admits, the thief admits he stole it. But when the Shomer went and sues the thief, he denies it. So the Shomer then brought witnesses to testify that this Ganav had stolen it. So the thief had confessed to the owner who had already been paid, but he hadn't admitted to the Shomer who's really entitled to the Kefal. And now we have witnesses saying that he's guilty. What's the halacha? Nifter does buy them alone. Is the thief exempted from paying the Kefal in the way he admitted to the Bailam or not? In other words, if really only the Shomer is the plaintiff, only he is the Baldover. So then maybe we say the Hodah that, that the Ganav made to the Bailam doesn't uh, pater. So we're trying to understand basically is the owner of Baldover Klape the Kefal. So what's the Tzad? Yeah, what's the Tzad? Now, me, I mean, do we say, Since you took the payment from me, I paid you instead of swearing, so you're removed from here. Klape the Kefal is just my Kefal. So the thief's confession has no validity. You're not, you're not a Baldover Klape the Kefal. Domar, maybe Matzi Amrle. 
The owner can tell the shomer, so just as you did something for us that wasn't required, you volunteered paying for the karen. So the courtesy is that we reciprocate, we do a favor for you. We have to trouble ourselves to go find the ganav and get the payment from him. Just as we receive from what's ours, you do you receive from what is yours. You know, so, so basically what we're saying is that the owner has an interest in the case because he's trying to reciprocate the favor for the Shomer. So therefore, maybe he has a shame of a Baldavar. So when the Ganav admits to the owner, has a shame of Modi Beknas, and therefore, so even if subsequently Edim come, he'll be potter from being the Kefal. So the Gemara says, Teku, we do not resolve uh, that question. Okay, now the Gemara is going to try to understand how responsible is a Shomer to go get the thing back once it's stolen. So again, we're not talking about liability. We know a Shomer Chinam is Pater on Geneva Aveda. We know a Shomer Sachos Chav Geneva Aveda. We want to know how obligated are you once something like that happens how obligated are you as the shomer to go get it back and continue to watch it so it's my negative bonus let's say the deposit was stolen through an unavoidable way no fault of his own book of let's say it's an arm bandit and that's negative of bonus arm bandits are something that even a, a shomer sacha doesn't pay for now the ganav is identified so now the shomer could go get it back to continue watching. So does he have to? So Amr Im Shomer if he's not being paid, if he's a Shomer Chinam, if he wants, he could settle with the owner. He could just stop being, um, he, could just, he could just settle with the owner and go sue the, sue the thief himself. He could go sue the thief himself. If he wants, he can swear, be absolved of all responsibility, meaning he doesn't have to necessarily deal with the thief. If he wants, he can pay the owner um, if you'd like to do that, you can pay the owner for the loss of the deposit and then sue the thief. Or if he wants, he can remove himself by swearing it was stolen and then leave the burden of dealing with the uh, dealing with the thief to the owner. So it's interesting that he has that option of of um, of just paying, even though he's not really liable. But then he has the advantage; he can go after the thief and sue him and take it for himself. Whereas if he wants the other way. <coughs> He can just swear it be absolved of any responsibility, and he, he has no obligation of a shomer to go get it back from the thief. The annoyance of going and suing him and bringing him to court, he doesn't have to deal with. He can just swear that it was stolen and leave everything of responsibility of getting it back to the owner. But if he was a paid shomer, he has to settle with the owner, and he cannot swear to absolve himself. Meaning, even though shomer sacher is not only he's not liable if it's a case of onus, but where the thief is identified. And it's, it's, you're, not, you're, you're not losing money. So with Allah, you go pay, you go pay now, and then you go through the trouble of going and litigating with the thief himself. Okay, very interesting idea. In other words, the Shomer Sakhar is Patra and Onus, but where the Ganav is there, so then he pays, and now it's his obligation to go sue and deal with the Ganav. Rav HaMarav says, In both cases, No, he has to settle with the owner and he cannot swear to absolve himself of liability. Meaning, even the Shomer Chinam, once the Ganav is there, he has to, he should pay the owner and then he goes and litigates with the thief. It's a mitzvah on him to go get the lost thing and return it to the, to the owner since he has to guard it. Now, it's a very big Chiddush Rashi. It's such a big Chiddush that we're saying, you know, the Shomer Chinam has to pay up front and then go sue and get it just because it's around. Other people disagree with Rashi, but that's where Rashi learns the Gemara. Osa Imo Din means he has to settle with the owner, means that you have to pay for the owner, pay the owner, and then it's your job to go get it. So where we don't know where the stolen thing is, okay, you just swear that your pots are obviously and you're done. But where we know it's Hokar Aganav, so then the Shomrim, <coughs> according to Rabbi, even the Shomar Chinam, they pay, and then it's their responsibility to go get the thing back from the, uh, to, go, to go get it back from the, from the Ganav. 
All right, so now the Gemara says, Let's say that Rava disagrees with Ravuna. So Ravuna Ravin said the following ruling, Nikhil Pabonas Vagaragada. If it was stolen bonus and the thief was identified, if he wants, he can settle with the owner and sue the thief himself, or he could swear and be absolved. But if he's paid, he has to settle with the owner and cannot swear to absolve himself. So we see clearly, not like Rava. So Rava, Rava says, That's a case where the Shomer swore before the thief was identified, meaning at the time he swore, he had no obligation to go after the thief. So therefore, if he was a Shomer, so that's it. The oath makes that he's done being a Shomer and absolves him of any future responsibility. But if he's a Shomer Sakhar, he's still liable to sue the thief even if it was identified after the oath was taken because um, because because the Shomer Sakhar includes the responsibility to look for the deposit even when it was stolen by uh, Ones. Says the Gemara, doesn't not Mashal that he already swore. It sounds like it's saying he hasn't yet sworn. So, so what are you saying? The case is he already swore. Says the Gemara, no. Achakama is what it's saying. So he can continue to stand by his oath, meaning to continue to remain absolved. I'm done. I'm finished being a Shomer. You deal with it yourself. If he wants, he can settle with the owner and goes to the thief himself. So Rava sticks by what he says. Rava holds that uh, even in Shomer Chinam, in a regular case, if he hadn't yet sworn, has to go after, has to go over after the Ganav, specifically here with Rav Huna's case, is where he had already sworn. And that's where Shomer Chinam can say, hey, I'm just continuing my Shua, pathing myself from liability, you go deal with it. But the kids are what came out of Bayer, Rabbi both agreed it for sure, Shomer Sakhar, uh, even when it was Ba'ones, but when the Ganav is found, it's his obligation to pursue the thief and go get back the uh, deposit. <clears throat> so we see an interesting thing. Even when the Shomer is potter from paying the Maisa, your duties of a Shomer are not finished. You have to go get it back. Says the Gemara, not everyone agrees to this. Rabbi Zuti Baylach, Rabbi Zuti wondered about this. Thinking about if the deposit is stolen in, through on his unavoidable way. That's their Ganav Shomer, and the thief returns it to the Shomer's house. And then it died because the, the Shomer was, was negligent. Ma, what's the Allah? Me, I'm reading what we say. As soon as it was stolen in an unavoidable way, the Shomer was potter. So now he's done being a Shomer. He's finished. It doesn't resume just because the deposit is returned to him. So even if he was negligent, he's not liable. Once it was returned, it was returned to his Shmir, and he is liable for any loss. So Mar says, take So clearly, that last opinion is clearing that as soon as the onus happened and he's exempt, he stops being a Shomer completely. Everyone before certainly disagreed. They all certainly for a Shomer Sachar. Your Gufa, your Shmir, your Chiv, Shmir, continue. Your Chayv to go afterwards and pursue the Ganav and get it back. Even if it's something that happened, you were bought it was stolen by Onus, you're still obligated to go get it back. Here we see that this opinion doesn't look at it that way. He has its side. As soon as the onus happens, then maybe you're totally absolved from all of your duties of being a Shomer.